All right. Mike O'Shea, are you with us? I am. Are you there? <laughs> I, I don't. I just had to tap dance for 10 minutes. I, I, I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm I'm better now that I'm that I'm on the show. All right. Like a little, it was like a strike almost for just a couple minutes. Oh, I don't know that we're. I I told folks we can't go there. But if you're going to open the door like a defense witness, I'm going to come at come at you about that. Uh, thank you so much for being with us for another season of the Coach's Show. Thanks so much for for back to back Grey Cups. Well, it's not me. It's the it's the guys we have in the locker room. They they're the ones who get it done. Once uh, once they're on the field, they make the decisions, they make the plays, they make it happen, they win the games. So, and they've they've done a fantastic job thus far. We have a couple minutes before we go to break. We we've told folks, hey, uh, if you have questions about the CBA, we're not going to have have uh, Coach O'Shea address them because the CFL would like to have its words come from the CFL office. I just want to ask you: there were four days in the beginning of camp. You mentioned the strike. There were four days where there was no practice at a time where you and your coaching staff, I assume, are ready to go full bore all the time. What did you end up doing with those four days, if we can ask? Well, you, you, you look over a few things, tie up loose ends, make sure you've, uh, you know, validate what you're doing again. But you're, as you said, the coaches are ready. Um, so honestly, the, the coaches with families here spent the mornings with their families and came into work, uh, you know, late morning. And then they try to get home for dinner. So there's nothing much more you can do. When you're ready, you're ready. Yeah, you, you, it sounds like you you and your coaches use that time well for the, you know, in, in a holistic way, let's say that. Well, you have to because once the actual training camp starts, uh, the hours that the coaching staff is putting in is incredible. The guys are here very early in the morning and they're here till late at night. So um, it, it, it just gets going. The days off are very few and far between in an entire season and training camp is... Uh, not just for the players, but it's a, it's a bit of a grind for the coaches, too. I can only imagine. I know what a grind it is for me in the media. Now triple that up and, and put uh, my job on the line, and I can only imagine uh, what is happening. 204-780-6868. You call, text, coach, questions for Coach Mike O'Shea. We'll fire some of them at him next. It's the Coaches Show, brought to you by New ProLine Gold Fungicide. Outstanding protection under high disease pressure. It's grow time. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. 718, Derek Taylor and the head coach, Mike O'Shea, with you after, gosh, day six. Coach, is it day six of training camp? I lose track at this point. I hope you have a, I hope you you keep track. Day six, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I want to, we got some questions for you. I, I want to go through uh, some of the guys that, that we know and love from last season and just get your impression of of how it's been for them so far. Uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't start with the MOP, Zach Caleros. What have you seen? What do you like? Where is Zach at? Uh, better than last year. Come on. Yeah. Oh, he's he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what caught you, what caught you or what struck you about him? You you guys acquired him in 2019. You got a full season of him last year. What what's so special about Zach Caleros in your mind? Well, I'll go back to coaching in Toronto, coaching special teams in Toronto, and Zach was a the quarterback there. Um, there's a, a magnetism to him. People are attracted to him. He's a fierce competitor. He's a he's a he's a great guy, like a good teammate cool dude like you want to hang out with him right so his teammates are just attracted to him and he's a winner uh 
I guess Ricky gets hurt. He goes in, and he's just able to win some games for us, right? So that always stuck in my head is just the way, even as a first-year guy, as a young guy, that um, you just really felt he was a winner. And I've uh, you know, never stopped believing that, obviously, and, and he's proven it. In a, in a camp situation, what do you want from a, a starting quarterback who is the status of a Zach Caleros? Um, just him to be him. I mean, he's a, like I said, he's a natural leader. Guys, uh, gravitate toward him. They can learn from him. He, he speaks up in the room when he needs to. He's got the quiet conversations with other guys when he needs to. The guys just want to play for him, right? So I just want him to be himself and that's all he ever is. He's, he's very authentic that way. I, I love it. 780-6868. Call and text your questions in. Uh, this one from Dave. Are you pleased with our new wide receivers, Coach? Uh, I think there's, there's more to be seen. We, you know, I think it's going to take game action here to really understand um, who they all are because they're not, they're not ever getting hit. The blocking isn't full speed, let's say. Like, it's not, uh, you know, we don't really whack guys in training camp, right? We, we want to make sure everybody's healthy and can compete. So I'll just say this about the entire wide receiving core. I mean, not the guys that we, we, we know from our team. Mm-hmm. Anybody, anybody new to our team, uh, I, I should probably reserve evaluation till I see them catch a ball, take a hit, get up catch a ball, take a hit, get up, make a block on the edge, block downfield, those type of things. Right. I think it's, it's only fair and fitting that I um, reserve that judgment until an actual game gets played. Okay. Now, the players have been in pads just about every day, but, but you're, though they're in pads, the receivers aren't taking the shots that they might if, that was, if that's uh, next Tuesday and Mike Adam is over the middle, for example. Well, yeah, it, you know, <laughs> and Brandon Alexander isn't running by him either, screaming in your <laughs> ears as he flies by him. So, uh, yeah, that's the fact. Is there, although there's contested catches and and you know combat catches and guys are going up for balls and competing for space and leverage and and, and the football in the air, it's it's not like a game, and it's not it's not like a game on purpose. Once again. We, we want to see what these guys can do when they play in a game and we never play ourselves on the schedule, right? So Right. Uh, Darvin Adams, the one receiver from last year's start, is not back with the team uh, this season. Uh, on the offensive line, Drew Desjardins is off in the NFL, so uh, there's been some Jeff Gray, Liam Dobson recently uh, signed with the club. Uh, offensive line, what have you seen so far? They're back to their usual self. I think you were talking about uh, when we had some technical difficulties there. I think you were talking about Jamarcus Hardrick. Once again, he he's got a lot of energy. He runs down the field. He encourages the defensive guys that he passes to keep running to the football as he beats them to it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's always pleasant. They they are developing that chemistry and they're developing that understanding of the standard of toughness and physicality that that's required by the veteran uh, bomber offensive line players. So. Um, it'll come. I mean, Jeff Gray understands that he's been with us long enough, uh, but the newer guys are are getting uh, some firsthand 
understanding, not just on the field, but in the meeting room too. I'm sure it's demanded of them in the meeting room. You mentioned Jamarcus Hardrick. I I feel like he led somebody on an end around or a jet sweep today. And it's just Jamarcus just happened to be roaming free 30 yards downfield at top speed. And I thought, man, that guy just loves, I think he just loves his life, period. Well, you like to be surrounded by guys like that. Yeah. I mean, it makes it easy to go to work every single day when you know you show up in the building and there's guys that are going to put forth that kind of effort. And I think it is a bit of an eye-opener for, for young players or new-to-our-team players that uh, when they see the effort that, that's required and, and put forth by, by our leaders, it, 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 it gets picked up very quickly. Um, you know, and it needs to be, right? If you can't understand, if you're getting – you're getting run by, you know, chasing the ball, pursuing the ball. You're getting run by by an offensive lineman. You, you better start picking it up. <laughs> the, the eye in the sky will catch that, I suspect. It does, every time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then uh, to wrap up the offense, uh, running back, obviously, Andrew Harris gone. Uh, so Brady Oliveira, the young American Shane Simpson has been, uh, except for the last couple days, Johnny Augustine is back, and Kyle Borsa back in camp this year. Uh, if you would, your assessment of the running backs thus far. Yeah, and Greg McRae, too. He's Pardon me, yep. a few more snaps at, at receiver right now. Um, just showing us, you know, all the things he can do. But that's a, that's a good group. We're, we're very happy with the group. Um, our fullbacks, too, they can, all, they can all seem to play. So that's good. Um, it's, it's interesting. You've got to get them enough touches, right? So they, they're, they all bring a certain element uh, of their own style, to, to the offense, and it's our job to figure out how to how to use it in the right combination. And you mentioned fullbacks. Uh, we haven't seen much, if any, of Mike Miller. And uh, the same for, for Patty Newfeld on the uh, offensive line. At this point, six days into camp, any reason to be concerned about either of those guys? Yeah, I don't need either of them to practice to play. <laughs> they, they know, they know, uh, yeah. They, they, the great thing about them is they still have a desire to learn and, and get better, right? So it's our job to make sure that they can play uh, competitive football come week one. Yeah, it gives Antonio Valvano and Connor Burtonshaw some extra reps at fullback with uh, Mike Miller uh, on the side. Your texts, your calls at 780-6868. That, of course, 204. Uh, the Coaches Show brought to you by new Pro-Line Gold Fungicide. Outstanding protection under high disease pressure. It's grow time. We'll dive into the rule changes for the coming season. And uh, perhaps coach can help me out with my top 50 ballot, which I'm, I'm struggling with at this moment. Zach Caleros, number one, but then who's two through 40 can be very confounding. As we continue with Mike O'Shea, the Coaches Show at 680 CGOB. And now we turn things back over to the Coaches Show, Mike O'Shea and Derek Taylor. Thank you, Christian. Yes, the head coach, Mike O'Shea, with us. Your texts, your calls, 204-780-6868. Barry says, I hope the fans realize that we're in a truly special time and we should savor this once-in-a-lifetime success and really come out and support this team. Teams like this only come around once in a lifetime. The last team to win three straight Grey Cups was the late 70s, early 80s uh, Edmonton football team. Coach, is is there the feeling within your staff, within the club, within folks that you work with, that this is a special time and a special team? Yeah, I don't know that we talk about the time. Um, each year is different. I would say that as in other years, we do feel good about the group of guys 
that are in the locker room and the chemistry they have built, the desire they have to work hard for each other, that's, that's unwavering. So in terms of uh, feeling good about the players we have, absolutely. The coaching staff absolutely loves these guys as the players do each other. So, you know, what that, how that ends, you know, that's why we play football games. Yeah, nothing is guaranteed, right? But uh, I, I like the thought of starting with great players who really like each other under a coaching staff who really likes coaching them. Well, that seems like a pretty good recipe. So far. <laughs> yeah, so far, so good. Uh, two transactions for the Bombers today, releasing quarterback Jake Floria and defensive end Inoke Moala. Uh, Coach, I don't know if you still have this, but I, I saw Moala on the first couple of days of, I believe, rookie camp, and I thought, oh, he's really quite fast for a small guy. And then I realized, oh, he's six foot two, 240 pounds. That's small as I, I just, I, I'm just struck once again by the quality of athletes that, that are in this league and on this team. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It, he he got a little nicked up, and so it, you know, it wasn't going to work out for him. But we, if they're in camp with us, we like them. You know, there's mm. something about them that has has caught our scouting department's eye. There's something about them that's caught the coaching staff's eye, and they're they're generally good football players. Obviously, anybody who's who's in a pro camp in any sport is is good at what they do. Um, you know, durability is one of those abilities that's hard to coach, right? And and it's unfortunate that a young guy like that who we who we like, who's a terrific athlete and an even better guy, um, just you know needed to stay healthy a little bit longer. So, um, I mean that that is that is one of the tough aspects of a training camp. Yeah, we saw a couple guys go down on the final day of rookie camp. Uh, Robbie Lowe's was released, and then uh, Jeremy Kaplansky released in the last couple of days. Uh, as we kind of go through what we've seen so far in training camp, uh, Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat, Jake Thomas, uh, uh, Casey, uh, forgive me, number 90, uh, defensive tackle. Sales. Casey Sales, thank you. I, I was getting confused with Ricky Walker. Uh, what, your thoughts on the defensive line thus far? Yeah, I mean those those names you rattled off all have experience. You know they they can play. Well, if you, I, I guess when we we've, we've done a few studies and looked back and and you do find that defensive ends especially they need some time to come into their own. Okay. I'm trying to think of Cameron Wake. I'm trying to think of a few other guys that maybe came in and lit it up in their first year. It, it's. It's not usually like that. That's not the norm, right? So I I, I do like veteran players like that, especially on the D line. Uh, of course, Ricky Walker is is uh, you know new to us last year and and younger. But Casey Sales has played you know a bunch of years in in a few different leagues, um, and the rest of those guys you named are all seasoned veterans, right? So once again. You know, you're going to keep asking me about groups, and the answers are going to be all the same. We like them; <laughs> they're all yeah. good, and they all have veteran leadership in their in their group. They they know what needs to be done. Yeah, they they feel responsible for helping the young guys learn how to get it done too. They take it upon themselves to make sure they're teaching them what they need to know, giving them every opportunity to to earn a spot. Right, these mm-hmm. guys aren't selfish with their information and trying to protect 
their little piece of their of their of their existence on the football team. These guys want to be better, and they want to share, and they want to include players that are going to help us be better. Which is, it makes the coaching staff's job easier for sure. Yeah. Oh, then then let's go to something that came out uh, as as news yesterday. Mercy Maston went down. He was he had been in that starting Sam linebacker in that in that back six. Uh, a new a new player was there today. Um, is there anything you can tell us about Maston? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to provide an update for for a number of days. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on that one for a number of days. Okay. It's um. It's it's who was it? Winston Rose was wearing his jersey today, and it just it just struck me as uh, I, I you got a sense of how much these guys really love each other. I didn't quite realize that Rose and Maston had been together since 19, but things like that get get felt within the locker room, and you, and you really get a sense of of how the guys feel toward each other. Yeah, and that's just the the you know outside the locker room expression, right? It's visible. Mm-hmm. Um, in the room, it's 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 very uh, it's very pleasing to be around. I don't spend a lot of time in the dressing room, but you know you can you can tell that the guys <laughs> just. <laughs> They they enjoy being there together. That's for sure. Uh, Mark Leggio, Ali Mortada, both back with the team this season. And your first pick in the global draft, Tom Hackett, was up for a while and then uh, and then went back home. Uh, where where are you at with Tom Hackett and potentially being the punter this season? Well, we'll see. You know, he's got to make his way back up here. There's, you know, he's concerned with the business uh, that's going on right now, right? And and. Probably rightly so. He he doesn't know much about our league, right? He's not a young man. He's got a family, and you know when they when they when they walked out, he decided to get back home and keep take care of his family. But he's certainly interested. Uh, you know, as of right now, he he spoke to uh, our GM Kyle Walters this morning and said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm coming back up. I plan to compete. I just want some better security and better understanding of what's going on. That's all." Yeah, so he can't fault the guy for that. It's it's an intriguing pick, and we and we talked to Tom, and we we talked to him for our bomber camp reports. Uh, it's a neat guy with a family and a lot of perspective on it. Uh, he was your first pick in the in the global draft. Uh, what did you like about him? What do you think he could bring to the bombers? Should he make the team? Yeah, I mean, if he can get back to uh, you know a decent level uh, like he was in university, uh, if he can get a lot of that back, he's going to be very very good. And it's a matter of him working. Uh, working that back out. I'm sure at home he's still kicking. Like these guys, they kick all the time. It's one of those mm-hmm. things they like to do. You want to go out, if you're a baseball guy, you want to go out and, you know, have a catch with somebody. These guys go out, whether they're employed or not, they go out and have a kick, right? Like they, they boot the ball around. So um, he's coming back into form, and if he can reach uh, that form like he was in, in, in university, you know, he'll be very valuable. And if he can't, well, we'll, we'll see where we end up. But he, he's... He's historically been extremely good. Yeah, he was twice the punter of the year in the NCAA, uh, five years away. But uh, just talking to him, he felt like it's it's still there. And now he's inspired to play football once again. Again, your texts and calls at 204-780-6868. Dave with one for you said, I I read Chris Strebler got waived by Miami. Would the Bombers be interested, coach? Everybody in the CFL would be interested. (laughs) traveler everybody would want him right now i of course we'd of of course we would be 
uh, interested in, in, in opening a dialogue, but he's not at that spot right now, right? He's He's got his own things he's looking at, and I'm sure he's working on getting another opportunity, you know, back in the NFL. So, um We'll we'll let him have that. I mean, it's. I, I think he deserves every opportunity he can get. He he certainly earned it with his play in the Canadian Football League. Uh, since it's about quarterbacks, one more before we go to break. Uh, it's about one of the rule changes in the Canadian Football League, and you can now have two quarterbacks on the field at the same time. So Richard wants to know: Do you see using Dakota Prukop on the field with Zach Caleros? Who was that that called in, Richard? This was Richard. Yeah. Yeah, Richard's a Saskatchewan fan. Sure, we, we get these calls quite often where they want to know what we're going to do and what our playbook is. I can't, I can't talk like that. <laughs> Richard, I, I refuse to divulge that information. Richard, you know what? buy a ticket to IG Field and come out and see. I love it. I love it. it to be determined, Richard. I, we'll find out uh, in the Banjo Bowl uh, coming up. It is 744. Uh, more with the coach. We'll talk about some of those rule changes and how they might impact the game. Plus, of course, plenty more of your texts and calls. The Coach's Show brought to you by new ProLine Gold Fungicide. Outstanding protection under high disease pressure. It's grow time. The ProLine Gold Bomber Coach's Show on 680 CJOB. Derek Taylor and the head coach, Mike O'Shea, back with you. Some changes coming in the CFL this season. You're going to notice one immediately when you turn up for Friday's game with the Bombers hosting the Edmonton Elks, the hash marks. Uh, coach O'Shea, I was I was struck how different the CFL field looks now with the hash marks moved in four yards on each side. Yeah, you'll get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It, it takes a minute. Have you? It's six days into camp. There was some rookie camp before that. Uh, what difference have you seen? What difference do you believe that will make? Well, I, I do think there will be um, some opportunities to spread the ball around across the field a little bit more. Um, I do think, r- realistically, you're still investigating it. I think there will be a few weeks into the season, and you'll still see people uh, or offenses changing a little bit of what they do, defenses reacting a little bit differently to what um, the offenses do. Uh, I do think, you know, football being a little bit of a copycat league, there might be some opportunity to look at, look, you know, watch film and look what other teams are doing and see if there's anything conceptually that, that looks good. Um, but our coaches are good. They, they've They've run through a bunch of scenarios, you know, when training camp sort of halts, they get out on the field and they walk around and they talk about certain ideas again that they've been mulling over in their head. Uh, They put players in different positions and see how that looks too. But the other part of it besides the offense is the kicking game, right? So Mm -hmm. um, trying to punt the ball out of bounds along the sideline is going to be a little more challenging uh, or four and a half yards more challenging, I guess. So you should see a little bit uh, more wide-open punt return game, I believe. Yeah, it seems like with these changes, uh, one, the CFL tries to get more offense, but two, specifically more returns, right? Punts now, instead of uh, inside the 20s or uh, outside the 20s, the punt can't go out of bounds on the fly uh, before the 15-yard line. Uh, every no yards is now 15 yards. I, I I feel like this is we need more returns in our game. Is that the feeling you get from the change as well? 
Yeah, I, I guess the overall comment would be uh, better field position for the for the offense, right? So all these all sorts of these special teams changes and uh, those things lead to uh, possibly better field position, better starting points, mm-hmm. you know, for drives, offensive drives. And then the correlation would be obviously if you start in a better start a drive in a better position, you have a higher percentage chance of scoring, right? So yeah. So now instead of you can take the ball after a field goal in most cases at the thirty-five, you could take it at the forty, or you would have them kick from five yards further back than they would have last season. Uh, ultimately, does that do you believe that changes kick or or just take it uh, decisions after a field goal? Yeah, it could. I mean, every team's going to be different. I mean, there's certain teams that you watch that always wanted the, just the ball in the 35, and then other guys are wired that they, you know, want to try the return. So um, it's probably a little more enticing to to give up the point and take the ball at the 40, but it's still going to be game-dependent, slow yep. a game, uh, weather conditions even, score, all those things, factors don't change. You're just, you know, you're dealing with a, 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 a five-yard uh, better answer, really. Yeah, and historically we've seen drives that start at the 40. Points come about 4% more than drives that start at the 35. So uh, a chance to get more scoring after seeing it drop off by six points a game this past season. Uh, the one that I'm I'm curious to see and actually how many times it will take uh, effect was was brought up by Richard, but two quarterbacks on the field. I, I don't know the genesis of this rule. And if you, if you do, then please do, if you would share it with us, but uh, your thought on two quarterbacks on the field. Yeah, obviously it's, it's, uh, you know, one of those rule changes that could possibly add more excitement. Uh, I, you know, you'd have to have your roster built where you had two quarterbacks that you could, that you would, could use in some sort of concept that you think is going to be valuable to use it in, right? So I, I don't know that if, if it's going to change much. We'll 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 see. That remains to be seen. The interesting thing you said about uh, just a minute ago about yeah. scoring being down. You know, let's not forget we came off a pandemic where nobody played, and then and then you're in a training camp situation where you have. Uh, you know, a seven-day quarantine to start where nobody's doing anything except staying in their hotel rooms and except for a 15-minute walk twice a day, right? So, yeah. I, it's, you know, I, I think we've got a, a good league with, uh, you know, potent offenses and potent special teams, uh, exciting football. So I, I think, you know, we, we should take that, that for 2021 uh you know with a little grain of salt really which is why i was caught off guard with with these changes to you know promote more offense i thought really just because it's 43 point whatever it is points a game and okay it is off 10 10 points or so from 2017 2018 i i really don't feel like you take too much away about trends of the game from a year like last year was yeah, and I don't think, honestly, that, that the changes were made because of that one year. I just okay. was commenting directly about the fact that it was 2021, you referenced. So, um, you know, any time that the league can can make some changes and promote offense and get the game 
moving and get get points scored is obviously good for fans, right? There are still a lot of fans that love defense, and <laughs> a lot of coaches that love time, it too. Half the time, every fan is cheering for the defense. That is that is very true, and we're we're uh, we're screaming at their opposing offense. I uh, yeah. quite. A question comes to us from Twitter. Uh, this one from Jamie says, uh, Coach, how many nights have you spent in Sudbury and is the song from Stompin' Tom at all accurate? Absolutely. <laughs> it's a Sudbury Saturday night and the, the boys are getting stinko. <laughs> the girls are playing bingo. There'll be no talk of inko on a Sudbury Saturday night. I, I had not expected that that was, uh, that was going to come. Uh, we have a chance to squeeze in uh, a call before we go. D is with us on line one. Uh, D, thanks for being with us on the Coach's Show. You have a, you have a co- question for Coach Mike O'Shea? Uh, yes, uh, Mike, how many quarterbacks are you going to play on, uh, on Friday night? Uh, all of them, and maybe one more. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> okay, so I'm looking no, for We don't know yet. Honestly, we haven't. We've got a roster meeting tomorrow morning. And we'll talk about our, you know, who who's available to us because in every training camp situation, some guys get nicked up. So we'll see who's available to us. Um, you know how we want to uh, plan our game. Obviously, everybody that can can dress for this game will dress because we don't have to travel, so they're all here anyway. Um, and what how the playing time gets distributed, you know, we'll make that determination in the next day and a half probably. Yeah, I got a couple more things to say. One thing. Very quickly, I'll give you one more, D. Okay, thank you very much, Mike, uh, for not taking that job in Edmonton. And Derek Taylor, welcome back to Winnipeg. <laughs> very good. D, thank you for that. I I appreciate that so much. Uh, Coach, final uh, final shots before I go. I have to fill up my top 50 ballot for this the CFL on TSN. Am I wrong to have Zach Caleros number one? And it wasn't, honestly, I just snapped to Zach Caleros number one. Couldn't be wrong ever on that one. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to watch him. He, the way he scrambles and the way he avoids pressure is just a, it's, it's painful to watch when you're calling games for the other team, but I, I feel like I'm going to love it a lot uh, watching games for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Our first coaches show together. Uh, Mike, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Uh, and I'll see you bright and early tomorrow back at practice. Thanks a lot. Well done, Derek. Good, good to be with you. <laughs> he is the head coach, Mike O'Shea, of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Coaches Show brought to you by new ProLine Gold Fungicide. Outstanding protection under high disease pressure. It's grow time.